Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. Hi, I'm, I'm Ginger. I'm the C2 Kids pastor here. And kids, this is your turn, your time, okay? So we're going to read a book together. So I need you to grab your bag that you got at the front. If you didn't get a bag, Miss Anna's right back here. She's got a bag for you. So grab out this book. It's called When Jesus Was Born. Grab that out of your bag, and we are going to have a little bit of story time. We are going to read together. So I'll give you just a second while your parents are giving. You guys can grab out your bag, and we're going to start reading. All right, you guys got your bags? Good job. Okay, this story is called When Jesus Was Born. So we'll go past the first page, and the first page is blue, green, something like that. All right, you guys can read along with me. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem with, with the sun gone to sleep in the west, stars may have shone, but few could have known on this night God would give us his best. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, God's ancient promise came true. A baby so dear with the animals near, a savior for me and for you. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, some shepherds kept sheep safe from danger. Did they know, would they guess, that this night God would bless all the world through a gift in a manger? When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, night's darkness cracked open with light. When into the sky, angels burst from on high, singing praises with joy. What a sight! When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, The angels gave the shepherds a clue. The message still sounding with heart and feet pounding. Shepherds hurried to find Jesus too. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, God's ancient promise came true. Though born in a stall, he's the king over all. Jesus came to save me and to save you. Thank you. I've always wondered if I'd been at the stable that night. Would I have seen a king or just a baby? If I'd stood there with the shepherds listening to stories about choirs of angels, would I have asked, what child is this? Or would I have known that he someday be the shepherd of all? If I'd watched wise men bring valuable gifts and kneel down under the guard of heavenly wonders, would I have understood that he was the one in whom I'd find all wisdom and that he was the greatest gift of all just as that baby was held by his mother he would hold me he would hold me with his amazing grace and his adoption by his father Joseph would be a picture of my adoption to God's family who could comprehend that this baby who was defenseless swaddled in hell would someday be the one holding me in his hands. I didn't witness a star moving across the sky. Or scores of angels proclaiming his birth. But somehow in the middle of my ordinary world, this extraordinary baby's birth found a place in my worn down, beat up heart. So like all those people who saw him. He's the one I've been waiting for. To repair me. Redeem me. Love me. Forgive me. Comfort me. Help me. Die for me. Raise me to life. So what child is this? He's the one who comes to save me. 
He's the one who comes to save me. To save me. To save me. He's the one who comes to save me. A child who saves. Seems a little ridiculous, doesn't it? He's a grown-up. Thank you for sharing. I love having kids in the service, don't you? Brings an element of uh, surprise. The songs we've sung tonight, the the communion that was served, the, the story that was read, all about this child who saves. That's what Christmas is all about. Maybe you're familiar with the Christmas story. Perhaps you're not. For many of us, though, if, like me, you grew up going to church on Christmas and it kind of becomes just sort of the natural rhythm of life. It's just what you do at Christmas time. You go to church, you hear about the baby, and then you go do your, the real stuff, the presents. Right, kids? Big kids like that, too. It's just what you do. But like I asked you earlier with the story of Joseph, perhaps we could just step back in time. Maybe the story has kind of sunk in. You, you kind of say, oh, I get it, Pastor. I've heard this before. But maybe on this Christmas we'll step out of that and, and maybe hear it anew for the first time. Maybe just a new perspective. Let God renew something in our hearts. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never heard the Christmas story. Maybe you've never taken it... In, in a personal way. But tonight, can I encourage you, if you're not a believer in this room, thank you for coming. Thanks. Maybe your family brought you, dragged you here, and promised you bigger presents if you did. Way to go. You should get something good out of the deal, right? But would you, with an open heart and open mind, maybe, just maybe, the God that came as a baby is real, and he's got something to speak to you tonight? Christmas seems so natural, right? It comes every year, the hustle and bustle, the presents, the parties, the eggnog. Can I get an amen? Some of you. But let's step back in time to that very first Christmas. I don't think there was any eggnog there. I don't have biblical proof. I'm just assuming. But if this Christmas tonight is just kind of natural because we're just in the rhythm of it and it just kind of comes every year, that night, according to Scripture, was supernatural. And so I want to step into that moment. I want to bring the history of that into this moment and the supernatural of that moment into this natural moment. Could we do that tonight? Could we invite Jesus to do that in our hearts tonight? I think that first Christmas was extra special because they hadn't lived it. They hadn't heard it. They, they hadn't seen it commercialized. It was supernatural. And I love in the Bible, Dr. Luke, we call him Dr. Luke because he was a doctor, and he accurately recorded the the stories that had taken place. And so I I think he gives us a historical recording of what took place on that first Christmas, and I love what he includes in his gospel. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2, and if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up, or if If it's on your digital device, you can turn it on. But for the rest of us, I'm not going to have it on the screen. What I want to invite you to do, and kids, look at me real quick. Would you just close your eyes, and maybe big kids too, and just close your eyes and listen to the story as if you're hearing it for the very first time. And perhaps we could step into the wonder of the moment, the awe of the supernatural. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. 
This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of King David, to be registered with Mary, his fiancée, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared and glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those with whom his favor rests. When the angels went away uh, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went speedily and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it were in wonder and awe at what the shepherds had told them. Can, Can I share a secret with you? I believe that story with all my heart. More than I believe in Santa, the elves, and the reindeer. I believe that story more than all of those things. I believe in that story more than I believe that we need to get gifts and trees and all those wonderful things that we do around this time to celebrate with family. I believe that story with all my heart. It's awesome because it is supernatural. It's awesome because something took place in that, that moment. And we have to answer the question, what does this mean and what child is this? He would grow up. He would die on a cross. He would rise again. So we must ask, what child is this? To Mary, his mother, he was the son of God, bringing salvation to Israel. To the shepherds, he was the good shepherd who would bring great joy for all people. To the wise men, the magi, coming from the east, he was the king of kings, bringing justice and righteousness. And to Joseph, the angel said, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is God who will dwell and make his home with us. But there's a little known part of Luke that sometimes gets overlooked because the story that's told is the nativity scene. It's Mary, Joseph, a couple cows, camels, Sheep, dogs, cats. No, there ain't no cats in the nativity. We all know that. But just a few verses later, Mary and Joseph, as was tradition, took baby Jesus to the temple to have him dedicated. And and here we are introduced to a character named Simeon in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It'll be on your screen as I read it. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents, uh, parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for salvation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. What child is this? I think Simeon summarizes this for us in such a great way. First, he's a child of promise. Simeon says, according to your word. Not only had Simeon received a personal promise from the Holy Spirit of God that he would see the Messiah before he died, but Simeon also knew the prophecies of the ancient Israelites concerning their Messiah, their Savior, their coming King. And so Simeon, having a personal guarantee from the Lord that he would see this Messiah and knowing the prophecies would be filled in his lifetime. This is a child of promise. And promises give hope, don't they? Kids, I don't know about you, but I've promised my kids that they would get presents for Christmas. Right? And so this gives them hope. It gives them a reason to go to sleep because if they don't, they don't get the presents, right? That's how it works. But there's that hope. There's that anticipation. Why? Because I hope I can be trusted. (laughs) Right? When there's given a promise, there's hope. Hope only comes if the one giving the promise can be trusted. And so it builds our faith. If God can be trusted, we can hope in his promise. And this is what Simeon knew, was that he could trust God. And it strengthened his faith. It's the promise of a gift at Christmas. Do you trust God? John 3.16 tells us about the greatest gift that could ever be given. The gospel writer John said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. The greatest gift is not just eternal life, that after this life there's one to come, but The greatest gift is that that kind of new life begins now, the moment you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That life begins now. It doesn't just start when they put you in the grave. It starts now, the moment you believe. And the great thing about this gift, see, most most gifts, my son and I were having this conversation the other day. He said, Dad, did you see all the presents under the tree with my name on it? I must have been really good. I'm not sure I could draw that same correlation. (laughs) But I know this, his mom and I are good. And he gets those gifts not because of his behavior, but because of our love. And I'm so thankful that God gives because he's good, not because I'm good or you're good. God gives because he loves. For God so loved the world that he gave. That's what Christmas is all about, is the best gift is Jesus. And Simeon, receiving this gift in his arms, blesses the name of God, and it says he receives peace. Isn't it great, like Pastor Ben was saying earlier tonight about the candles, that peace isn't just, just doesn't come from Jesus. Jesus is peace. Do you see the difference? You'll receive peace because of Jesus, but Jesus is that peace. When you receive Jesus into your life, it's not that all the problems go away, but you can walk with peace amidst the storms of life. I don't know what you're facing tonight, 
what challenges await you when you return to work. But can I tell you this? When you walk with Jesus, he alone will bring the peace that you've always sought, that, you've, that seems to escape your grasp, the anxious thoughts that seem to grip you. Jesus can bring you peace because Jesus is the greatest gift for all the people. He was the promised gift for the worst and for the best. Can you think of that worst person that you know? You got their face? Better not be next to you. Now, is that face that you are imagining as the worst sinner on the face of the earth? Is it you? Can I tell you this? I'm not perfect. Kids, the pastor's not perfect. I know, shocker. Parents, you're going to counsel your kids tonight. I'm so grateful that I'm not held to the perfect standard. Do you know that's what God requires? The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of what God requires. What does God require? Perfection. But I don't have to get that perfection. Jesus is my perfection. And I'm so grateful for that. He saves us from our sins. He saves us from spiritual darkness. That's what the Bible says sin is, is walking in spiritual darkness. And that's the second thing that I know about Jesus that Simeon saw Jesus as a light. Have anybody afraid of the dark in here? A couple kids, adults, I see those hands. Right? If you, have you ever been lost in the dark and you just, you're just trying to find a glimmer of light anywhere? Have you ever been out at night and you just, you just wait for your eyes to adjust and then you're able to operate at night and you're able to do what you need to do? The thing about about our eyes adjusting to the darkness, though you might think you can operate fairly well in the dark, it's still dark. And here's what I know about spiritual darkness. Though you think you can see, you're missing more than you know. And until you have a flashlight or a candle of uh, some other source of light, you will continue to walk around in darkness. But I, I think God, that he sent Jesus into the darkness to bring us light. Here's what Isaiah, the prophet, wrote in, in verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. That was a prophecy of Jesus coming into our spiritual darkness to bring light into our dark world. What child is this? You must decide this Christmas. That he's a child of promise, he's a savior, and he brought light. You must decide. As we celebrate the climax of Advent, which we celebrate through the lighting of these candles, I'm reminded that Jesus is the light. The reality of God's supernatural love and grace was demonstrated through the Man, Jesus Christ. So tonight I light the fifth candle, which we call the Christ candle. And in that we see this picture of the light of the world, Jesus Christ, coming into our darkness. Tonight, as we do each year, We're each going to light a candle. The symbol of Christ's light spreading 
into the hearts and lives of all who believe. So kids, grab your glow sticks. Put the candles away, kids. (laughs) Parents, be wise. (laughs) How much hairspray did you use? So kids, you grab your glow sticks and go ahead and, and, and break them and shake them up. And in just a second, I'm going to light candles and we're going to go ahead and light them all around the, the room as we sing our last song together. As we celebrate Jesus' salvation, his promise and his light. I'm going to invite our ushers. If you don't have a candle, just raise your hand and our, our team will come and get you one. Let's come, team. From the candle of Christ, I light all these other candles. Let me give you a little tip here before you burn yourselves. The lit candle always stays upright, and the one being lit gets dipped in. Otherwise, you will have wax all over that new shirt you just bought. I was watching the flame 
pass down the road. So I'm going to invite their families to our staff's family. It was quite a sight, if you could see it from my point of view, as each of you took your candle and let the next person light off of yours. And I, th- I was watching this light spread across the room, and I thought, church, if, you, if you're a member of C2 Church, that's what we're supposed to be like. We're bringing that light to somebody else. Someone who is far from Christ needs the light of the gospel that you carry with you. Let it light someone else's heart this Christmas season. This year, let that flame burst forth in your life. Can I invite you, if you feel far from Christ tonight, you've never, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, maybe you did at one point in time and you maybe wandered away from that faith, can I invite you, this is a great time to come to Jesus. Come back to the light. You've wandered in the darkness long enough. Tonight, can I bless you before our, our staff and our families sing our, our annual song with you? Can I bless you? Would you receive that tonight? Let's pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. First, for those who sit in this room and have yet to place their faith in you, to truly believe and follow you. Even now, as they admit that to you, as they as they ponder what that means, would you draw them in by your Holy Spirit? Father, for those who are renewing their faith tonight, like the relighting of a, a candle once lit, would you burst forth with your Holy Spirit's power into their life, power over sin and addiction and habits and hurts. And Father, would you bless each person in this room tonight with your Holy Spirit's power as we celebrate you as we celebrate you with family and the giving of gifts, demonstrating that we have understood the greatest gift has come and that generosity is in our DNA because of who you are. And Lord, don't just bless us for ourselves, but bless us for this community who desperately needs you. Let us be the light in this community in 2018 more than ever before. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And the church together said, amen. Amen. Hey, we're so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information, please email us at nextsteps at c2church.com or visit us at c2church.com.